This might be the most challenging jingle. I don't know. Just have fun. Zach, have fun. No matter what, it's going to be good. The I'm Caroline Kowalczyk, your host of the Unpurposeful Podcast. Joining me today is Kelly Shields. Kelly is a career and life coach for stressed, unhappy professionals who feel stuck in careers that make them miserable. She helps them get clarity and find meaning and enjoyment in their work so that they can successfully pivot into careers they love. Welcome, Kelly. It is so good to have you here on the show I cannot wait to dig into your story and learn more about you and your work journey. So welcome. Thank you, Caroline. It is really great to be here with you today. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, Also because you are a fellow coach and I know how much you love this work and how much you're helping other people in such a meaningful part of their lives, which is how they spend most of their time, right, is at work. So I would love to begin with kind of learning about what brought you to coaching and a little bit about your work history. Absolutely. You know, I was one of those kids growing up when we are starting from the beginning here, but um, those kids growing up who really liked school, but also really heard the message and believed it that, oh, you've got to do good in school and that's the most important thing. And then if you do get in school and do all the right things and all the responsible things, then you'll get a good job, you'll be successful, and then you'll be happy. And I did all those things. And I um, went to law school out of college following that same path and, you know, was doing all the things that I was quote unquote, supposed to do. And then I realized in my first law firm job, which is still two thirds of the way through law school, oh my goodness, I absolutely hate this. But at that point, I was already massively in debt from law school and felt really stuck and just didn't feel like I had any choice. So I spent over a decade as an outwardly successful, but inwardly really unhappy Washington, D.C. attorney. And, you know, it wasn't anything external. Like I had, I had good jobs for what they were. Like I worked with nice people who I still really like and respect a lot. And there were opportunities I had that I'm still glad I had. But for me, the day-to-day of the work and the day-to-day of the environment around the work were just a really, really terrible fit for my strengths and my personality needs. You know, when you add on that being a lawyer, especially when, when you're in a law firm, which I spent the first few years of my career doing, often means, oh, suddenly at the last minute, 5 p.m. on a Friday, you find out you're going to be working the rest of the evening for some maybe client emergency, maybe just somebody decided they want something immediately. And it's not actually an emergency, but it becomes your emergency. And, you know, that also wasn't a great thing either. So I really wanted to make a change. And I tried to figure it out on my own for years. I I read lots of books, I took assessments, but 
I just couldn't get it figured. I, I couldn't figure out what else would actually make sense. And I also kind of felt like I needed to keep powering through like, oh, I'm being, you know, shallow. I mean, shouldn't I just be grateful to have a job that pays well? Like, who am I to complain about that? But eventually, you know, you can only power through for so long. Your body will let you know and will speak up louder and louder as you keep ignoring its signals. So eventually I just completely burned out and left to take a sabbatical and take care of my health. And as part of that sabbatical, I finally got help from a career coach to help me really figure out, okay, what work would I actually enjoy doing? Because by that point, I didn't even know if there was any work I could possibly enjoy doing. And it was revolutionary. So today, that's what I do. Um, I figured out that being a coach was so well aligned with my natural gifts and strengths, with my personality needs, that I'm good at it, that I enjoy it. And it was crazy. After, you know, I'd been working for over a decade, I started enjoying work for the first time ever, which was an amazing experience. Wow. I'm just taking in everything that you said because so many of the things you mentioned resonate so deeply with me. And I know that they're resonating so much with so many people listening right now. I love when you said that externally you were doing all the things, but internally you were just weren't that happy. And then also I think it's so common for people to kind of beat themselves up and keep themselves in this loop of needing to tell themselves that they should be grateful for what, right? Like if you really think about it, it's like for keeping up this almost like play for others, but you're, you are completely not really happy. Right. And it's like, yes, you're ticking off all the boxes, but it's not really making sense for, I want to say like your soul or just you, right? Whether that's your ego, whether that's your inner child, whatever you want to call it. And I love the fact that you also tied in how, what you were doing, like you still found meaning in it. You, you met amazing people. You're still friends with them today, but it just didn't make sense based on your values. And I think that that's like the biggest key for anyone listening is to remember that you can always go back to that. You can always take a pause and just think about what your values are. And for me, and maybe this was similar for you, I also started working with a coach when I was working in sales on Wall Street. Same situation. I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I don't know how. And it was really when she asked me, my coach was like, what are your values? And like, I couldn't even tell her, you know, like I couldn't even, even like her asking me, what are your strengths? I was struggling (laughs) with coming up with that and to have someone be able to like make time and you make time for yourself, of course, to really assess what those things are is so important because it is, and I'm going to quote you, revolutionary. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I agree with you um, a million percent. Um, I found that 
doing work to really be able to clearly articulate what my core values are, because I don't think most of us can do that. Um, Most of my clients can't do that. And it, it takes some work to be able to do that and be able to actually say, oh, here are what my core values are. That was a game changer for me. It was so helpful in realizing why certain paths were not working for me, but they might work for somebody else and why at a deep level, something was just missing. So I I agree. I, I think that having that as kind of a North star that can, you can use to keep navigating your career decisions and your life decisions makes such a difference. Agreed. Agreed a hundred percent. And I think the reason why so many people are not necessarily clear on their values is because we have ideas of what we think our values are based on the conditioning that we have from our families, our friends, right? Culture, society, all of those things. And so I think that that's where the power of working with someone that can kind of challenge you on figuring out, are those really your values or is that what you think your values are? Because that's just how you kind of survived in your brain to get to success or safety, whatever you want to call it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, at least in the United States, and I think much more broadly than that as well, the very education system and all of the messages we get are not helpful towards identifying anything about what you value, what's important to you and what your individual needs for actually experiencing authentic success and authentic happiness and what those things look like for you could be. We're given a very cookie cutter, one size fits all story about here is what you need to do to be successful. And then that is what will lead to happiness. And then if that is you know, I mean, actually, scientifically, that's been proven not to be true. It's happiness that leads to greater success, but also it leads to disconnecting us from, you know, our individual truth. I know that sounds yeah. a little coachy, but, you know, just what our individual needs are, because yeah. we're basically existing in a system where you kind of have to shove those down and fit in to keep moving. Yes. And, ooh, you just like lit me up there because... <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, I think that way of thinking is usually generalized as being selfish. I think it is more challenging for a lot of people to express themselves authentically, more individually, because there's this idea that if you do that, then you're selfish. You're not about community. You're not, you know, part of the pack. And I really want to focus on that because I remember a conversation we were having prior to this where it was talking about, you know, there's a difference between listening to yourself and being, and really just thinking about like, what is it that you want? And then also, of course, like honoring community, honoring responsibility, right? We're not talking about anarchy here, but I think that, (laughs) that, you know, in the, I don't want to say corporate world, but in a lot of the systems that we have in place, especially workplaces, it almost seems as if it's very black and white. So that if you are choosing a little bit of 
exploration, a time to yourself or whatever, you're put in this like category of like, I don't want to say anarchy, but yeah, like, oh, you're selfish or, you know, versus actually the more that you tend to yourself and really think about what is it that you want, the more value you can actually bring to your company. And if you have leadership that is willing to listen and meet you halfway, then that's magic. You know, that's really where I think you see a lot of companies that are doing very well, that are listening to their employees and being more flexible are able to make positive changes that are sustainable, where growth is a real thing. People feel seen. And I just had to share that because I remember you mentioning how you had a really big interest in observing how companies work and how sometimes it's not sustainable because, for example, a boss won't let their employees go home early just because he didn't think about going home early. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yes. Um, I, I know we both care about um, issues like that very much. And it's so interesting how that is such an outdated mode of thinking that, as I mentioned before, there are actual scientific studies on success and showing that, you know, actually helping people to be happy and thrive helps them be more successful. And there's so many benefits you can gain from an individual's gifts and talents and individual strengths as an organization and finding ways to like help them step into those really helps them to succeed and helps your business to succeed. Um, so I think a lot of people's experiences do come down to their employers and their managers, unfortunately. And mm-hmm. one thing that I think would revolutionize a lot of people's work experiences would be, you know, more and more leadership coaching and more and more yeah. actual leadership training for people who are in those managerial roles and not just very unfortunately and unfairly promoting them into this role where, you know, oh, you did well doing something else. So now you get to manage people, but we're not actually going to, that's something totally different. We're not going to give you all the tools and training or even see if this aligns with what you're good at. We're just going to call that a promotion and that career advancement because we've kind of set things up this way, which is really arbitrary and not really helping most people at all. Exactly. Ooh, I got chills when you said that because looking back on a lot of my work experiences, that's exactly what happened. It was like, people that made the most sales or, you know, just like hit their quotas. And that has exactly nothing to do with how you manage people or how you connect with people, I should say. I feel like it's really less about managing and more about connecting and really listening to what is actually happening and what kind of changes need to be made. And also, of course, having a leadership team where you feel safe enough, you know, psychological safety to talk to your director or CEO, right? Or C-level executives of the company to tell them what's actually going on. I feel like this could be a whole podcast on its own. So we we will definitely come back to this, but I want to get back to you because you are so interesting. I think that your background really 
is so unique because you do have a law background and you're a coach now. And I want to know how that transition was for you going from, you know, attorney to coach, like how, how did you deal with it? You know, it was a growth journey. Um, I will say, I think that I can really identify with a lot of the struggles my clients have in making changes because I had Oh, really strong firsthand experience. Um, I, I do think some of my experience is influenced by the fact that I do live in the Washington, D.C. area where career is very front and center as part of your identity, as part of the culture here. So I was used to having a part of my identity be lawyer. And it was really a took time to start changing that. Remember, I could not introduce myself as a coach when I was first making that change. I would introduce myself as a recovering attorney because that was still part, that that was still my identity. And I hadn't been able to step into this new identity as a coach yet. And it was really uncomfortable. And I had a lot of discomfort around being you know, posting on LinkedIn, changing my LinkedIn profile, having my very lawyer centric <laughs> community on LinkedIn, and I'm doing this radical thing that most of them would never consider doing. It was very uncomfortable. So it was, but all of that discomfort, it's important. Like working through that is a really important thing. And that's, you know, the, the thing is, it's not that the discomfort is bad, it's that you don't want that kind of discomfort to stop you and get in the way from making a change. And the only way that you really get through it, well, there are a couple of things, but one is continuing to gain more and more experience in your new field so that you understand more that, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm actually living this. This is, this is real. Also that Sometimes that confidence follows taking the action of, you know, saying, oh, letting people know. Um, you, it becomes easier the more that you do step into it and do let people know. So it's just something you kind of have to do, but it's a lot, it's much more helpful when you have someone to hold your hand through some of that process and to help you take it in baby steps. If you don't have to, you can be both for a while, but sometimes untangling even the stories you have around your identity and how tied up that can be with our professions. Sometimes that takes a little bit of work. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can completely relate to that. And I think that, you know, what you said about showing up online is kind of the epitome where in here as a coach, um, it's like, oh, this is very official. <laughs> you know, I'm no longer behind the scenes. I'm going to expose myself to all of these people. And I totally agree that the journey and like being in the trenches when you're trying to just figure it out, take it day by day is such an important part because you get to observe how your brain works. And then once you get to the other side, you understand that it's okay. That was a completely normal part of the process. And also, I think the biggest thing that I took away from what you said, and this also happened to me, 
it's that essentially I think our identities are tied so much to our professional and work experience because that's a way of us being able to like have value in society. And so when you are making a transition or changing that identity or that title, all of a sudden you're, you're challenging this deeper idea of your quote unquote worth. And I definitely agree with you that having a coach during that process is so vital and so helpful because you understand, and this is exactly why the podcast is called Unpurposeful, that what you do has nothing to do with your value or your worthiness, because that's a made up concept. (laughs) You know, it's (laughs) like we created that word as humans and we use it against each other all the time. We see it in history. So yeah, thank you so much for taking us on that journey. I think a lot of people listening will really resonate with that message. I just agree. Like, I feel like so many of us, our self-worth, we just learn and it's easy. It comes from, we pull in things from the outside and the way people view us or things that society or media or whatever, like shows us are acceptable things. And it's, you know, really, I think a lot of your work is around this too. I mean, that no, you have worth and it has nothing to do, especially with the work we do in what kind of work you're doing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just, it's such an important message and yeah. it's not one that is broadcast loudly enough or commonly enough. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, what you decide to do with your time has nothing to do with (laughs) the value that you have as a human being. Amen. (laughs) Um, Well, I want to ask more about your, your coaching. And I guess my question to you is, what would you say is like your personal mission as a coach and how you show up with your clients? Sure. Um, You know, I really deeply, firmly, completely believe that work should be a good part of our lives. And if it's not, if it's actually making you unhappy, if it is harming your health, if it is taking time away from the people in your life that you want to be investing in, then there's something wrong. And I want to help make that right. So that is really how I view my mission. And that's one of my core values, actually, is this idea of making things right. Um, work should be good. That doesn't mean you're never going to work a day in your life. Um, that's just a platitude that, hey, no matter how much you love what you're doing, sometimes it's going to be hard work. But it should be good. It should be a place where you can feel like you are contributing to the world, where you are growing, where you're using your strengths and finding and developing new skills. And it should be a place that, you know, if you leave at the end of the day tired, but you leave satisfied and like, oh, that that felt good. I'm glad I did that. And something that's not leaving you burned out, depressed, sick, working every night until 2 a.m., never able to spend time with your friends, your family, your kids, dating, your pets, anything like that. 
Um, so yeah, that that's just basically, I, I, I kind of view this as almost a, you know, redemptive mission for work, bringing it back to the way it's supposed to be. Ooh, I love that. I love that so much. So re-energizing, right? I think that I read this somewhere else, or maybe I've seen it on your um, your page in social media, but it's like work is not just a four-letter word. And <laughs> yes, that is yours, right? That, that's mine. Work shouldn't love be a that. word. Love that so much. Yeah, it's how you spend most of your time. So let's connect with people and ourselves in a healthy way. And I love that mission. I think so many people listening are going to be contacting you ASAP because they're going to be like, sign me up for that. Um, I know that that was also my journey in becoming a coach as well. Just honestly, my whole life, I knew that there was more to life than just clocking in and out. And I am totally not against the nine to five. I just want to make that clear on, on here because I do work with a lot of new to future entrepreneurs, but I think that it's finding what works for you. There is nothing wrong with working for a company, especially when you have the right leadership and people in place, because let's be real entrepreneurs. What do they do? They create companies so let's not kid ourselves and say, ooh, I'm you know, all about this when we are creating our own reality and our own new systems. And I think that that's the beauty of what you're doing is really just helping us take a step back and envisioning a healthier, better reality that is completely accessible, right? It's, it's, that's the best part about this is that it's possible. This isn't like us trying to go to Mars, which we've already done, right? <laughs> so that's amazing. You know, there's also not this high pressure bar on like, oh my goodness, like then what having good work means it has to fulfill all of these criteria. And I don't mean that at all because for some people, you know, the right thing is going to be, you know, what we call the good enough job because yes. they have other priorities in their lives and a job can be a job. It's great. Most yes. of us, you know, we need a job. We all need to pay the bills and take care of ourselves. And for a lot of people, that's plenty. And what, you know, in that situation, what I think both of us would want to help somebody with is great. Let's help you be in a place where one, you can leave it behind at the end of the end of the day and where, yeah, it's not detracting from the rest of your life and you can find some more joy and flow in that. Um, so there's all sorts of different ways that this can look depending on your individual needs. But if it's, you know, if it's oh, draining you, if it's something that's negative in your life, that's where there's a problem. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'm so elated because that is so important. And I've said this on another podcast as well. Exactly. It's, it's, you don't have to be passionate about your job. Like that's like the only, you know, one and all thing that you have to look towards in life. Like you can have a job where, you know, it's not as stressful. You enjoy working with the people around you and it gives you the, it plays a role in your life so that you can show up and 
do your passions outside of work, right? Whether that's ice skating at 5 a.m. I got that from um, Big Magic, by the way. I don't know if you read it, but she talks about how everyone is creative. And, you know, to tie it into what we were talking about, it's like, yeah, your job doesn't have to be the only thing that is like your passion. It can just play a role in your life where you can actually do the things that you love to do outside of work as well. So happy you brought that up. Yes, especially now where everyone thinks that like you have to be super passionate about your job. Otherwise you're doing life wrong. It's like, no. Also, it's, I don't think that's, I don't know how possible that is, but it's just, yeah, we, we need different roles in, in the world and it's okay (laughs) to. Yeah. That's almost a personality thing to me. Like, and that's going to be very individual. I think there are people who do need to be very passionate about their jobs. And, you know, we're almost getting into something that again, would be yet another podcast episode, but you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, (laughs) talked about, you know, the difference between hobbies and jobs and careers and vocation and, Some people do need their vocation and their calling to be what they're doing for work. Yes. But for other people, those things are very different or it just depends. I think both of us are, many people in the coaching space are very attuned to individual needs and finding out what's right for you. And are you somebody who needs to be showing up and working for a cause every day? Um, Are you somebody who needs to be using your strengths and growing just so you can thrive? Do you just need to be in an organization where you believe in their values? You know, do you need something where you can go ice skating at 5 a.m. or, you know, be able to pick up your kids from school every day? You know, figuring out what your individual needs are is what leads to finding that happiness and that right answer for you. Exactly. Uh, Well, my next question for you is, Um, And I know you kind of touched on this before, but what would you say to someone who is interested in the type of work that you do and is kind of struggling with making that transition based on the outer pressures and the assumptions that they've created for themselves, you know, and what people will say? Yeah, that is such a great question, Caroline. Um, I am a really big proponent and a lot of the work I do with clients is um, about testing out your hypotheses for what you want to do and not just jumping straight into them. So if you would be interested in becoming a coach and you're finding yourself thinking, Ooh, maybe I want to do that. You know, my first piece of advice would be, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Let's listen to that. Let's honor that. And unless there's some other reason, let's not quit your day job immediately. I think your first steps, I would say, great. Why don't you find some coaches who look like their work is interesting to you or talk to your friends, see if they know any coaches and shoot them an email, see if they'd be willing to chat with you about their work and just start learning about coaching. Um, There's listen to this podcast, that that would be great. Um, There's (laughs) there's a podcast called The Craft of Coaching by Kate Swoboda. That would be a great one to listen to. Look into, just just start learning, start talking to people about what their daily lives are like, what being a coach would be like, different ways that you can support yourself being a coach. And as you learn more, start learning about coaching training programs and reading books on it. As you learn more, 
give yourself the freedom to explore, hmm, is this becoming more of a yes for me or am I becoming less interested in that? And either way is fine. And, you know, there's not a right, the only right answer is the one that is inside of yourself about, is this right for me? And, you know, the thing about coaching is that we all have those internal things going on that you just mentioned that make making a big change really hard. We all have these thoughts and stories, um, for example, about like, oh, but what does it mean if I leave my job? A very common one is, oh my goodness, I'll never be able to support myself. I'm going to end up living down in the van by the river with my pets. And, <laughs> as, you know, we all have these fears and worries and being able to work with someone to, you know, get clear on reality, find ways to minimize risks, deal with, you know, our, our brains are kind of jerks, to be honest, and they really like security and they really don't like change. And they are going to throw up all of these thoughts that are going to, you know, catastrophize and show you the worst case scenarios that could possibly happen if they make this change because they think they are protecting you. And they think that, oh, if I do this, I am helping you. And, you know, coaches are trained to help you with that. So that's what we love to do. So trying, you know, as you kind of get more information and see, hey, is this something that I'm interested in doing? Or even if you're just starting out and thinking I might be interested in doing this and how can I get more clear? Not trying to do it on your own is just so much more efficient. Um, as somebody who tried to do it on her own for a decade <laughs> and then, you know, made a transition within six months after getting a coach, you know, you can save a lot of time and energy and effort by getting some help. Oh man. I love that so much because yeah, it's like well, the, the big things I got from that is follow your curiosity. Mm. Don't judge it make space to explore and get help. Like it's around, it's available to you. There are so many resources out there. There are so many coaches now that you can look into. And I completely agree. You know, this is exactly what we're trained to do. Your brain absolutely will start racking up all the reasons to believe the thought that you have that's not necessarily working for you. And so, yeah, I that's such an amazing answer. Thank you so much for that. Kelly, I know that so many people are probably listening and thinking, how do I book a consult with this person? Where can people find you? Where can people schedule a consultation with you? let us know. Of course, I will have all this information for anybody interested in the podcast notes, but just if you're listening now and you want to jump on Instagram or LinkedIn, where can people find you? You know, I would send people to my website. First of all, you'll find everything there. It is www.kellyshields.com. And just because my parents, you know, made it more difficult, it is K-E-L-L-E-Y, S-H-I-E-L-D-S. 
Um, so just jump there, read a little bit about more about my story and detail and the work I do with coaches. You can check me out on Instagram. It's Kelly Shields underscore. And I'm on LinkedIn as Kelly Shields coach. So I'm Love always it. delighted to chat with anyone about what your experience is and what you're looking for. And I'm also always happy to help you find the person who's the right fit for you if we decide it's not me. So, so much of this is about finding the right person who you're happy to work with. And this is a great space because all of us want the best for you. Yes. Ooh, love that. Love that so much. I'm so excited to see what's next for you. And just to have you on this show has been such a pleasure and eye-opening for me as well. It's so nice to connect with people that are on a similar path, but have their own unique way of doing things. So Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. So much fun. And I can't wait to talk soon. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Bye. Bye. The